morning. It's March 17th, a mild and cloudy morning in New York City. In Boston, it is evacuation day when they commemorate the departure of the British by taking a holiday and emptying out their stomachs in the gutters. This is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The banks are still struggling. The front of the Times has biggest U.S. banks put up $30 billion to rescue lender, aiding First Republic to halt a wider crisis. On the internet this morning, Reuters has shares of First Republic Bank tumbled 13% in pre-market trading on Friday as $30 billion in deposits injected by large U.S. banks failed to quell investor worries about the beleaguered lender. It's very instructive to watch all these people take a break from their usual work of using the tools of banking to micromanage the economy and to control the rate of employment, and instead use the tools of banking to try and fail to get any control over the banking industry. Elsewhere in our global technocracy, French President Emmanuel Macron yesterday decided to unilaterally push through his plan to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. After the wildly unpopular plan passed the Senate, he panicked about his ability to pass it through the lower house and decided to just declare it done anyway. The Times writes, rule by diktat was not the image he wanted to project during his second term, a piece of image management that seems as if it could have been achieved by not ruling by diktat. The Times also says that the decision to avoid a National Assembly vote will be regarded by Mr. Macron's political opponents as anti-democratic, even though it is legal. Yes, the refusal to hold a vote in the legislature will be regarded as anti-democratic on the grounds that it is literally anti-democratic. Happy Evacuation Day to Emmanuel Macron, who may now face a vote of no confidence. Elsewhere on the front page of the Times, we have the rather striking headline, Chemical Bans Pose Challenge to Tech Growth, which is another way of saying tech companies pose challenge to efforts to regulate poisonous chemicals. The background here that the Times gets around to supplying well after the jump is that Congress passed the Toxic Substances Control Act in 1976, giving the EPA the power to regulate toxic chemicals. But by 1991, key parts of the law were invalidated by a federal appeals court ruling after industry manufacturers challenged an effort to ban asbestos, a known carcinogen. For the next 25 years, the United States effectively had no operative toxic chemical law. It was not until 2016 that Congress expanded the EPA's powers to fill the federal policy vacuum. Given the decades of regulatory inaction, officials at the EPA acknowledge that there are thousands of chemicals in the United States that have never been properly evaluated for the risk they present based on the specific ways they are used. Now, out of all the chemicals that have been dumped on the public and chemical industry workers for the past quarter century, the EPA has picked out 10 of the very worst and is trying to do something about them. And so the industry is crying, claiming it is a threat to national security if they are not allowed to keep on manufacturing things in a way that causes mass illness. One might argue that it is also a threat to national security if they continue poisoning everybody. But, you know, whose security is national security, really? And the Times has a story on how textbook publishers trying to comply with Ron DeSantis's Stop Woke Act in Florida are revising their social studies texts to remove references to race, including in write-ups of how Jim Crow worked. Weirdly, one revised package they present describes the laws biased against formerly enslaved people as black codes, but then goes on to say, 
they even made it a crime for men of certain groups to be unemployed. These laws also prevented certain groups of people from serving on a jury. And on a textbook publisher's website, the Times found a version of the story of Rosa Parks that read, Rosa Parks showed courage. One day she rode the bus. She was told to move to a different seat. She did not. She did what she believed was right. Another version of the same passage does say she was asked to move because of the color of her skin. The Times writes, it's unclear which of the new versions was officially submitted for review. That's the news. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. Stay safe out there. Don't step in any chunky green puddles. And we will talk again on Monday.